It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I, Julian Council, talk Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Make sure to watch our show and subscribe to our show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. You can also check out the podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, free and available everywhere. Just be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss a single edition of the show. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council. We're on Friday. I'm back again to answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions right here on the show, either at me or DM me on Twitter, at Julian Council. Again, at me or DM me at Julian Council on Twitter if you'd like to participate in the weekly Friday mailbag right here on Locked on Panthers. So, you remember a couple weeks ago when Derek Carr was still a Las Vegas Raider and he was deciding to go out there and uh, talk to a few teams, one of those teams being the New Orleans Saints, and I said that he should come to Carolina, not for the Panthers to trade for Derek Carr, but for the Panthers to attempt to get the asking price for Derek Carr a little bit higher than it was when the Saints had a conversation with the Raiders and already came to terms on what it would be had Derek Carr decided to waive his no-trade clause and go reunite with Dennis Allen, who is a former head coach when he was in Oakland, originally drafted at Fresno State, there with the Raiders. Well, Derek Carr was smart and said, you know what, Oakland or Las Vegas, you know what, guys, you kicked me out of here, and I'm not going to allow you to get compensation. So now I'm going to be a free agent and go find a new home elsewhere on my own terms. And once that was true, I thought the Carolina Panthers did not necessarily need to be actually interested in Derek Carr, but it would be no harm, no foul, in my opinion, if they spoke to Derek Carr. And when I said that to you, I told you not to freak out when it happened. Well, here we are. The NFL Combine's going on in Indianapolis once again this week, and the Carolina Panthers are apparently going to meet with the former Raiders quarterback and the former first-round pick out of Fresno State, Derek Carr, this week. In report, first report this, saying that when Derek Carr arrives in Indianapolis on Tuesday, he'll have in-person free agent meetings with three teams, the New York Jets, New Orleans Saints, and York Carolina Panthers. He's already visited with New Orleans and York, and he now added Carolina and maybe more coaches, GMs, owners, all in the same spot this week. So y'all recall... When Scott Fitterer took the job, he said he would be in on every deal, and he meant it, in on every deal. And at the time, especially remembering Dave Gettleman and Marty Herney and how conservative general managers here in Carolina have been when it comes to trades and actually pursuing some of the top players in the NFL, that was a welcome sight to actually hear someone say, I'm going to be active. I'm going to talk to all my connections across the NFL and all the 31 other teams in the NFL and try to bring the best players to Carolina. So in on every deal, that was music to your ears. That was music to my ears. That was music to all of our ears when Scott Fitterer said that. So when he said that, 
You cannot turn around now and be upset when he's a man of his word and he lives by that being in on every deal. Now, all the deals have not worked out. And we discussed this back after Matt Rule was fired back in October, how many of the deals actually worked out and whether Scott Fitterer should be the next man on the chopping block and how much criticism should be there on Fitterer for the Panthers' failures the last two seasons. But he's still the general manager, and I still have faith in Scott Fitterer. And I have no issue with Scott Fitterer and the Carolina Panthers talking to Derek Carr. Now, according to Rappaport, Derek Carr is not necessarily so concerned about price or what his value is going to be on the open market. He's trying to find the right fit. Are the Panthers the right fit? Are the Jets the right fit? Are the Saints the right fit for Derek Carr? Now, all three of those teams need a quarterback. So in terms of needing a starting quarterback, yes, Derek Carr is the right fit for Carolina. He's absolutely the right fit for New Orleans. He's absolutely the right fit for the New York Jets. But I'm not worried about the Jets or the Saints. So a little bit with the Saints, but I'm really about Carolina and what they're doing. And by bringing Derek Carr to Carolina, it would feel much of the same. It would be Groundhog Day. They did this before with Sam Darnold, although Sam Darnold far less proven in the NFL when the Panthers decided to send that second, fourth, and sixth round pick to New York and then do exercise a fifth-year option on Darnold that paid him nearly $19 million this past season. That was never a smart deal. Baker Mayfield had to be done. The Panthers actually didn't give up too much for him. Only a fifth-round compensatory pick. Not compensatory, not compensatory, but a fifth-round pick. Um, I can't remember the words. But a fifth-round pick that became a fourth, that could have become a fourth-round pick, but did not become a fourth-round pick. So, okay, fifth-round pick in 2024. No big deal. But still felt like much of the same. Two guys that really didn't have a ton of success in the places that they were coming from. Now, Derek Carr has had far more success so far in the NFL playing with the Raiders. Put up big yardage last season in 2021 when he went to the playoffs. He lost to the Bengals in the wild-card round. And then this year, didn't have a great year under the first-year head coach there in Las Vegas and Josh McDaniels, but you all already know how I feel about Josh McDaniels. Derek Carr, I think, is a solid player. But here's the thing. we got to go back to 2020, December of that year, when Marty Herney and the Panthers mutually parted ways and what David and what David Tepper said at that press conference, that you have to be in constant pursuit of that franchise quarterback, someone who can win you a Super Bowl. What we've seen through nine years of Derek Carr's career is that he's probably not that guy. So he might be the right guy right now for the Jets, in the Saints, but for the Panthers, after watching Darnold and Mayfield struggle and those not working out, it does not make a ton of sense for the Carolina Panthers to actually sign Derek Carr. But here's why it's the prudent thing to do to actually have a conversation with Derek Carr. The Panthers need to figure out what exactly they want to do with that ninth pick in the draft. Do they want to stay there at nine and take a quarterback with the best player available? Do they want to trade up from nine to five of Seattle or three of Arizona and try to get their quarterback or even number one to Chicago? Do they want to do that? Or do they want to go with the veteran option and then figure out next year, maybe Caleb Williams or Drake May? That's why they need to have a conversation with Derek Carr. That's why they need to have a conversation with any of these quarterbacks that are available who could actually be starters. Have this conversation so you know what your plan is moving forward. Remember, we had the conversation a couple weeks ago with Mike Kay that the Carolina Panthers and a lot of teams are going to make whatever deal to either move up in the draft right after the combine. Like, that is happening this week. They're going to decide this week what trade package they want to send to Seattle at five, to Arizona at three, to Chicago at one, and whether it makes sense for them in the effort to get that quarterback. Now, if they think that Derek Carr is the right guy for them, then they don't need to do that. But they have a conversation with Carr, and they think about the value and the price and it doesn't work for them, and the fit doesn't work for them, 
then they can move on to what I believe is the right option. Now, just because I believe that does not mean the team believes that the best option for them moving forward is to draft a quarterback there in the first round of this year's draft. They might think the best option for them is Derek Carr, but they need to keep all their options open and to weigh every single one of them. And Derek Carr is an option, like it or not. I don't think he should be the top option or really is the top option, but he's an option. So go there, have a conversation with him, and figure out, does it make sense for maybe a season as the bridge? Now, I look at Derek Carr as somebody who's probably going to be the starter for three, four seasons wherever he goes. Does Carolina necessarily want that? It might be the best thing to help elevate this roster at this point in time opposed to waiting to see if the rookie is the right guy, and we might not know for two, three seasons, and by that point, have the Panthers wasted another two, three years? Or have they actually hit it and found their guys for the next 10, 15 years? That's certainly the hope. But again, hope's on a plan. And it's a crapshoot when it comes to quarterbacks. So I have no problem with them talking to Derek Carr. I still don't think it's the best option for the Carolina Panthers of the ones that are available. But they need to talk to Carr so they can determine whether it makes the most sense for them to go out there and get a rookie quarterback in the draft. So talking to Carr first on Tuesday or Wednesday, whenever it occurs, makes the most sense for the Panthers because then you can decide, okay, yes or no. And if it's no, then move forward to C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, and Bryce Young, all four of those players who were at the Combine this week, and all four of those guys should be the primary focus for the Carolina Panthers this week in this week in Indianapolis. I'll tell you why here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. But before I do that, let me tell you all about our brand new sports betting partner over here on the Locked On Podcast Network, FanDuel Sportsbook. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line, the point scores, and threes drain. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your chance for a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. It's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more of with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NBA. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The smart, prudent thing for the Carolina Panthers was to meet with Derek Carr. Absolutely. I've been telling you about this for a couple weeks now, and I already had someone come to my DMs as soon as that was announced, being like, oh my God, what are we doing? It's Groundhog Day. And I told this person, didn't I tell you two weeks ago when this would happen, not to react this way, that you actually should be encouraged that your team is trying to weigh all of its options and is not just focused on one door, that they're going to open every, they're going to look at all of them? And open all of them and decide, hey, is door number one the right one? Door number two, door number three, door number four, five, six, seven, whatever. Let them weigh the options. Talk to Derek Carr. Talk to Carson Wentz if you want. I don't think he should be the guy to come here and start, but can he be a veteran backup? I guess. 
Maybe, I don't know. But talk to all of them. They didn't figure out what is the best path forward for the Carolina Panthers. They have to get this right this offseason. We cannot be on the hamster wheel anymore of quarterback suck. Get off of it. We finally broke the turnstile of bad offensive linemen this past year by getting Ikequanu there at left tackle. So that's done. Let's now get off the merry-go-round, the hamster wheel, however you want to call it here in Carolina with the quarterback position. Let's break that, and let's figure it out this offseason. So if Derek Carr is that answer, then fine. Talk to him find out whether that's the case. But don't sit here and not speak to him and think that's a bad idea, which the Carolina Panthers did the smart thing, in my opinion, and are having a conversation with Derek Carr, or have already had that conversation with Derek Carr, and then we'll see where it goes. But the main focus really here at the Combine this week should be identifying these four quarterbacks that are likely to go in the first round and seeing if any of them are the right fit for you at Carolina. At the end of the week, the Carolina Panthers need to basically know what they're going to do at that position. Are they going to go with a veteran and a Derek Carr, or are they going to trade up and get their quarterback in the first round in the top five or at three or at one? That is the primary objective this week at the Combine. Of course, you're going to speak to so many players of different positions, at corner, at safety maybe, at defensive tackle. You're going to talk to a lot of guys this week, and the Carolina Panthers absolutely should be focused on speaking to as many prospects that they have interest in this week in Indianapolis. But the top focus looking at this roster that – Dan Orlovsky said on NFL Live on Monday he feels like it's a quarterback away. A quarterback away, in my opinion, from being a playoff team, not necessarily a Super Bowl contender because no one on this roster, at least the guys that are homegrown here in Carolina, have won anything in the NFL. It takes time. You don't just step up there and get a quarterback and win it right away. Now, you saw the Rams did with Matthew Stafford, but where were they before? They had already been to the playoffs. They had already been to a Super Bowl and lost. It wasn't like they were a team that had not been to the playoffs, then got Matthew Stafford, and then won a Super Bowl. They were already a playoff team, already a contender. He was the missing piece. The Panthers have not been a playoff team. They are not a contender. So they are not, in my opinion, a quarterback away from being Super Bowl champions. But they can certainly be a quarterback away from actually being a competent football team that can get to the playoffs, can host a divisional playoff round game or a wild card round game at home. They can do that. They can aspire to that if they get the right quarterback for that, this upcoming season. But as far as aspiring to a Super Bowl this upcoming fall, no. I don't think that's the case. But what's important, though, is to get it right right now. They got it wrong the last two offseasons. I'm not going to say Deddy Bridgewater was a wrong decision. How they handled Cam, I certainly didn't appreciate that. We've seen now that Cam Newton's not that guy. Would he have been back in 2020? Who knows how things would have played out? Who knows? By the way, that's all in the past. And the Panthers need to move forward and get it right now. Now, you got four guys who are going to be there in Indianapolis that are going to have the attention of the NFL world. Bryce Young out of Alabama, the Heisman Trophy winner back during the 2021 season, was phenomenal in his two years as a starting quarterback at Bama. And when you look at how well he played, being a Heisman Trophy winner, we're going to look back, I think, for a while, just at his college career and wonder how the hell that guy did not win a national championship as a starting quarterback. Now, he did win one during the pandemic of 2020 season with Mac Jones as the starter. But damn, Bryce Young was awesome. I love everything about this dude. He's a gamer. He's got great accuracy, great arm. The only thing people don't like about him is that he's short and he's slight of frame. And that is a concern, absolutely, when playing such a violent and physical sport like football. Now, he survived the SEC, but as I've told plenty of people, the SEC, 
They ain't the NFL. They ain't Mississippi State's out here in the NFL. You're not going to get Ole Miss on Sunday. You damn sure aren't going to play Vandy. So it's going to be a whole different ball game when you get up here to the NFL, and can he be protected? At Alabama, they struggled to protect him at points in time, at least during the 2021 season. I remember that Iron Bowl game where he led that comeback, which solidified him as the Heisman Trophy favorite against Auburn that afternoon. He was getting sacked all day, but somehow found a way to get him down the field to win that football game in the first ever overtime game in Iron Bowl history. And you saw the game against Texas this past year. You can look at the officiating and all that. But Bryce Young is the reason they won that football game. Now, Quinn Ewers going out, too. That didn't help. And Hudson Card being on one leg didn't help Texas. But Bryce Young got it done. Against LSU, even in a loss, he brought them down the field and took that game to overtime. I love Bryce Young. And I would love to see him in a Carolina Panthers uniform. I just don't know whether he is what they're looking for because of his size at the quarterback position. Now, we've seen plenty of guys who have that size but don't work out. Paxton Lynch, Brock Osweiler, Ryan Mallett. Not saying that these guys were surefire dudes coming in the league. Lynch was a first-rounder, but they didn't work out. We get oftentimes very caught up in the traits and not whether the guy can actually play the position. And Bryce Young has shown he can play the position. C.J. Stroud has been excellent, as are all Ohio State quarterbacks. They're always excellent because they have the best players, especially at wide receiver in college football. I had my questions about C.J. Stroud, not because he's an Ohio State quarterback, which is going to be the laziest thing you're going to hear from a lot of idiots the next couple of months, but I did have my concerns of whether he actually could get it done in that big spot. He could show us more things than just standing in the pocket because you can certainly stand in the pocket and pick teams apart, but when you have to do things off script, off platform, can he get it done? Can he use his legs to the benefit of his team? He showed that against the Georgia Bulldogs, the two-time national champions, back-to-back years in college football on New Year's Eve. Had his team down the field to attempt a game-winning or tying, I forget what it was, field goal before his kicker shanked it all the way into Smyrna. He's awesome. I'm a huge fan of C.J. Stroud. Will Levis looked great in 2021 when he had an offensive line to Big Blue Wall, as they call it, Kentucky. Back when he had Liam Cohen, who left to go to the Rams to be the OC, now has come back to Kentucky to be the OC again. When he was running an NFL offense, that McVay-Shanahan-style offense, he looked great, especially when he had guys like Wandale Robinson. And when he had his running back, Chris Rodriguez, healthy that entire season, he looked awesome. But this past year, with I still think decent receivers in Dane Key and Tavian Robinson, he wasn't as good. And the offensive line certainly struggled. But turnovers have been an issue with Will Levis. But when you look at him, He's got the size. He's got some really good athleticism and speed. He can run you over if he wants to. He's got a good arm. It's just up here. Can he play the position right? I don't know. But is he certainly worth the risk? If you want to call it that, absolutely. Anthony Richardson, of all the four quarterbacks that are going to be talked about this week, that is the guy that if he gets the right coaching and puts it together, that's the guy I think could be better than all four, all, all the guys in this four. He's a freak athlete where just one breaking, broken tackle, he can take it 80 yards. Remember, we had a guy like that here in Carolina, Cam Newton. I ain't saying he's Cam Newton. They might have worn the same number, I believe. Well, Cam wore 13, actually, at Florida. But he might have. they might have both been at Florida, at least for a period of time. But Anthony Richardson's awesome. He's awesome, but also sometimes he's putrid. One week against Utah, he looks like the greatest college ball player of all time. The next week against Kentucky, they can't throw the ball. When they play Georgia, he looks awful. When they play Vandy and some other teams, he looks good. South Carolina looked good. It's just an up-and-down thing. And it's not like he's a guy who 
decides to just tuck and run. He's actually willing to sit there in the pocket and try to go through his progressions. He has the arm strength. The accuracy is a concern. And outside of Josh Allen, we have not seen a quarterback go from being wildly inaccurate to being an accurate passer. And even Josh Allen kind of fluctuates back and forth week to week. But he's an excellent football player. Those guys are going to be the talk of the combine this week in Indianapolis. And the Carolina Panthers are likely to get to meet with all four of them this week. Now, Stroud, Levis, Richardson are the only ones going to throw at the combine. Bryce Young, like former Bama quarterbacks, is going to wait to throw at his pro day. And honestly, I don't really have a problem with that because all they're doing is throwing against air. People got so caught up in the throw that Zach Wilson did. How's that worked out? People looked at Malik Willis and how he threw the football. How did he look last year when he played with the Tennessee Titans? Not great. I don't really give a crap what you've done against air. But what I do care about is the tape, the film, the video, whatever, that I've seen of these guys the last couple years in college football. And I am sure the Panthers scouts have done more than enough scouting of all four of these guys to really know who is the better player. What's more important at this point in time is the Panthers to get in front of these guys, have a conversation, and figure out, of these four, who can be the leader of his organization? Who can be that quarterback to lead this team to somewhere they have never been? That's what we're looking for this week. So it's important to talk to Derek Carr to know whether that's the option or and then to allow you to then talk to these guys and find out, okay, this actually is the best option. He's the guy I want. He's the right man for the Carolina Panthers. So the focus for the Panthers shouldn't just be on talking to Derek Carr, but the focus should be on, of these four dudes, who has the right temperament, the right personality to be the man here in Carolina. Now, Scott Fitter, Frank Reich, the new brass here in Carolina. I guess more so Frank's the new brass, but we'll go ahead and just throw Scott in there as well since it's the new duo here in Carolina. They'll speak to the media on Wednesday afternoon, I think 1, 1.30, so I'll plenty of reaction on what they have to say on tomorrow's show. I'm sure we'll get some insight to uh, Austin Corbett and his restructured deal. We'll go over the terms of that and what kind of impact that it has for the Carolina Panthers as they are two weeks away from the new league year. We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked on NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It's that time of the year. It's restructure season. It's also your cut, and I'm sorry, but we need the cap space kind of season. Everybody can get got. So if it happens here in Carolina, don't be surprised. I, already, I went over this on Monday on the episode about Shaq Thompson. Wouldn't be surprised, but I threw out Xavier Woods. Maybe he gets got. I don't think it's going to happen, but if it does, hey, it happens to the best of us. But Austin Corbett is not one of those who's going to get got. He also has a torn ACL, and there's concern about whether he actually will be ready for the start of the 2023 season. Now, every team is going to say to you, yeah, I know he tore his ACL in January, but we think he'll be good to go for the start of the season. Everyone's going to tell you that. Do I believe that's the case? I don't know. And I'll give you a little teaser. There's a, a little friend of mine at Panthers.com is going to have a little uh, 
series of articles on Austin Corbett and his rehab. So check that out um, over the next couple of months. And we'll find out whether he's ready to go. I have my concerns and I have a hard time seeing Austin Corbett who started 17 games. I thought was terrific at the right guard spot on the offensive line this year. I have a hard time really feeling like we're going to need the same player this upcoming season, at least the beginning of it. It's possible he can be the, best, the same player at the, towards the end of it. But as we've seen, it's hard to come back from a knee injury and all of that, especially late in a season and be the same player. So the hope is that's going to be the case. Now it's good that you have a guy like Cade Mays and the Panthers probably need to think about keeping Pat Elfline, who could be got later on this week or next week. We'll see leading up to the new league year, but they're going to have to find some backup plan there at guard. If Corbett's not ready to go, but he's going to be on the team this year. And he also is basically locked in to be on the team in 2024 after the Panthers decide over the weekend to restructure his contract here Going to the 2023 season, according to SpotTrack.com or SpoTrack, again, have no idea how it's actually pronounced. In 2023, Corbett will earn a base salary of $1.08 million, a restructured bonus of $7.7 million, and a workout bonus of $200,000 while carrying a cap hit of $5.1 million and a dead cap value of $16.6 million. The Panthers also added void years in 2025 and 2026. His deal goes through 2024. And they cleared up about $6 million in cap space by doing this with Corbett. And according to overthecap.com, the Panthers are still $2.2 million over the salary cap. So with the restructure, they brought about $6 million down and are a little bit closer to being where they need to be. Now you can cut a guy like Pat Elfline and immediately be right there where you need to be. I think also the same case of Ian Thomas. So there's some players that would be logical cuts, not even just those two, but the logical cut would be a guy like um, Damian Wilson, and he gets you immediately right there under the salary cap. So the Carolina Panthers can do that if they so choose and probably are going to do anyways. And we'll see how it works out with Shaq Thompson. But the first step, restructuring Austin Corbett's deal. And this is the third year in a row the Panthers have had to do something like this to try and figure out their cap situation and to get right for the future. Now, Scott Fitter has said that he feels like in 24 and 25, they're going to be in a good cap situation. Now, the thing is, though, they keep pushing this money down the road. The rent's going to come due, and it's going to impact you, and you don't want to be in the same situation like a Tampa Bay, like a New Orleans, which the Panthers are not in cap hell at all. They are totally fine. They are going to have plenty of room to maneuver and figure out which players to add once free agency in the new league year starts in two weeks' time. But getting Corbett with that restructure makes perfect sense for the Carolina Panthers. That's an option I didn't even really think about and consider, but good for them and good for Austin Corbett also to be able to get, hey, seven here's $7.7 million. Go ahead, take it, because he absolutely earned it this past year. Other guys who I would expect to have a deal figured out, you would like for Brian Burns to get something announced here. I haven't seen any reporting about it, but that $16 million cap hit, if you can figure that out now ahead of the league year, that's going to help the Carolina Panthers to have more space to where maybe they can keep Shaq Thompson and they can also be in the market for another wide receiver like a Robert Woods or safety, maybe like Jesse Bates or however they so choose to go about free agency, that opens up more possibilities. So we'll see how it pans out. But I just want to give you all some details there on Austin Corbin, his restructured deal, as he has been terrific in his first season in Carolina. And hopefully he has a quick recovery and can be a main cog on the offensive line once again in 2023. But again, Scott Fitterer, Frank Reich going to talk today, this afternoon, 
on Wednesday at the Combine. Last year, Scott Fitterer was pretty frank with us. And when he was asked about, does it make more sense to take a tackle or a quarterback there at six, he said, probably makes more sense to take a tackle. What did the Carolina Panthers do? They took a tackle. So we'll find out what he has to say later on today. I'll talk about it on tomorrow's show, break down what he and Frank Reich have to say about the quarterbacks out there, CJ Stroud, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, Bryce Young, and even if they're willing to give us a little bit, a little tiny morsel on their conversation with Derek Carr and their thoughts on whether he could actually be the right door for the Carolina Panthers to open here heading to 2023. So all that coming up on tomorrow's show here on Locked On Panthers. But that's going to wrap up another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, hosted by yours, Julie, Julian Council. Again, y'all make sure to watch the show, subscribe to the show, over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. You can also check us out wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, free and available everywhere. Just be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. And follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where on Friday I'll be back to answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions, either at me or DM me there on Twitter, at Julian Council. In the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding, and I'll talk to y'all on Thursday. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.